Good morning, home church. How's everybody doing this morning? I just want to welcome everybody that's here. Those of you that are watching online, thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. Today I'm beginning a brand new series. I'm very excited about it. It's called Extraordinary Things. And this has been a word that's been on me even before Christmas. One of the things that I've been meditating on was the story of Solomon and how the Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon. And as she visited him and she looked at his servants, looked at all the things that God had done in Solomon's palace, their phrase that the Bible says was, she was left breathless. And I love that because I think we need to get our minds in a place to where we come to church, whether it's this one or any other gospel preaching church, that we are to leave breathless. And the only way we can do that is if we experience extraordinary things. So in Matthew 17, 20, to set up today and what I'm going to speak about, this is what Jesus said. He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be, will be impossible for you. 2022 is the year of extraordinary. So I'm gonna take you back a couple of years. 2020. I don't know, everybody's like, wow, we're, on, we're going on a good roll here. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and then we get to this. <laughs> but how many of you remember 2020? Right? It's the year the pandemic started. And you'd walk into your Target, your Walmart, wherever you shop. And the shelf where the toilet paper was, was empty. You know, I, I looked into that. I was wondering, why is it that we are so obsessed with toilet paper? It's not that we were obsessed with toilet paper. It was that we're obsessed with things. We're obsessed with ourselves. That we start to hoard things up that we take for granted on a daily basis, right? Because we're in fear. That's a horrible way to think. So people were literally more concerned about toilet paper than anything else. So... How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, literally in 2020 would go to the store and before you enter the store, you would pray that God would have toilet paper on the shelf for you? <laughs> that is an earthly mindset. That is the level of thinking that the world has, toilet paper level. But what God is calling us to this year for step one in extraordinary things is that we need to have a mindset that's on his level. And right now, I believe there's some of us in here and watching online that still have this mindset, the toilet paper mindset. And we got to get out of that, especially as things are beginning to ramp up again, right? This whole Omicron variant well, we've been through it all. We've been through the original one, been through the Delta, and we're going through the Omicron. Well, what else are they going to call it? What else is it going to be? Is it going to hinder the church from moving forward? America and today here in Broken Arrow, the answer is no. 
but the decision ultimately lies with us because we are the church. So I just read through Psalm 121 how the Bible says that the author of that Psalm said that my, my eyes are lifted up, right? My eyes are lifted up to the hills because where does my help come from? Well, where are your eyes lifted up? Are they at the level of your local supermarket shelves? It can't be any longer. At least with home church, it will not be that way any longer. So, I had somebody that I will leave nameless that used to be part of, uh, of our church staff many years ago. And the statement that he would say is, that person is so heavenly minded, they are no earthly good. And I used to laugh at that. But you want to know something? I think we as the church become so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. Like, I want to bring that needle back. No, we need to be more heavenly minded because I don't want to be earthly minded anymore. I don't want to be at the level, as we'll see here in a minute, of those that are unbelievers. Because the spirit of the living God lives inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens my mortal body. Okay, I am supposed to have the mind of Christ. I'm not supposed to have the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. That my peace that comes from God, it surpasses all understanding and it guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. That's where we need to be. So as we get into this series called Extraordinary Things, the very first thing we need to do is have an extraordinary mind. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you so much for everybody that's here. Those of you that are watching online, thank you, Father, that we will have the mind of Christ. If there is somebody here that doesn't know Jesus, Father, that they will know him and they will have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that you open our hearts to receive your word today, that the words that come out of my mouth today be the words that you want me to speak and the words that they need to hear, that I need to hear, Father. I thank you so much for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk about extraordinary. Had an experience uh, years ago. My family and I traveled to Florida. And we were visiting my, my dad and my mom at the time. And we decided one, one night we're just going to go to Cocoa Beach. You know, not too far away from Orlando where we were. Uh, just a short drive. We went to Cocoa Beach. And we're just, you know, digging it. You know, we're experiencing it at the pier, that kind of thing, you know. It's beach. How many people here are beach people? Amen. How many people right now are definitely beach people? <laughs> yes. And, and I remember just standing out there and, and wondering, why are all these people on the beach looking toward the ocean? It was like, is there like a tsunami coming? What's going on? Well, next thing I know, I'm like, I'm following their, their trail. I'm looking to see where they're looking at, I'm kind of following their eyes. And way out there in the distance, there's this small little item that's sticking up from the ground and it's the, the space shuttle launch pad like I didn't even know we didn't even know it was there it was like oh my gosh well everybody's standing there looking and I'm just like kind of listening in on the conversation they're like yeah yeah the space shuttle's about to launch and I'm like wow this is perfect timing so we were standing there we're watching and next thing you know man boom you could see it, it, it's like a, I don't know how to explain it like a flash of light 
And next thing you know, you see, you see this little thing start rising up on the horizon. And you see all this entrails of smoke as the rocket boosters are carrying the shuttle up into the sky. And I would love to tell you what I was thinking at the moment, but I can't because we're in church. <laughs> but it was awesome. It was awesome. It was extraordinary. And then this little roll right here that I was making fun of, to give you a little history of the, uh, well, this is, this is one ply toilet paper. Yeah, I know. All right, whatever. <laughs> you guys haven't lived until you use one ply. <laughs> this was not a regular household item in America until the 1940s. Not even 100 years old we've been using this stuff. And yet we think, because we, we can't keep it on the shelves during a pandemic, that this is an extraordinary human event, invention that we now use. There's another thing that really amazes me, because as I'm watching you know, space technology kind of evolve over the years, and we, we look at something called SpaceX, and, and, I, and I love how um, the brainchild of Elon Musk, how, how this this thing is, is starting to take just Joe Below people into space now, right? Well, those of you that have billions of dollars that you could spend um, and millions of dollars to get a ride on this thing. But what I love about it is how those booster rockets, man, you don't have to just dump them and let the atmosphere carry it to the ocean and then have to fish it out later, right? Now these things come back and actually land on the same launch pad that they launched from perfectly. That's amazing, right? Ordinary. It's ordinary. Can, can I just say that? It's ordinary. It's ordinary because, listen, I know that things that you see, whether it's technology, whether it's, it's something that's made by man, man, we, sometimes it just blows our minds and we think that's extraordinary. Well, it's not because it's, it's made by man. It's ordinary. If it was done by God, then yes, that's extraordinary. The Bible actually uses in the ESV translation the phrase that they had seen extraordinary things. I'm going to go through that next week. And I was going to go through it this week, but this week I felt very strongly to go back and visit a passage that is very familiar to all of us. I've actually preached on it several months ago, but I'm going to go back to it again because there's something as I was reading through it again, um, as I was meditating on and praying about what it is that God wanted me to say today, uh, God brought me back to this passage, and I read it again. I'm like, you know what, man? This is something I've read a hundred times. We as believers have read a hundred times. Those of you that maybe are not a believer, you're going to read it. I promise you as you get in the Bible. But God is like, no, look at it again. And so I did. So what, what is extraordinary? Well, we just got through celebrating Christmas, right? Elizabeth, okay, the cousin of Mary, given birth or having being pregnant with John the Baptist at the time, she was old and barren, yet the angel Gabriel told Mary that she was going to be pregnant, she was going to conceive a son as well. And of course, Mary made haste. If you remember that message that I gave, she made haste. She ran for the hills and went to visit uh, Elizabeth, and sure enough, there she was. She was pregnant. She's old and barren. She's pregnant. That's extraordinary, because God did that. And then you go to Mary herself, pregnant through the Immaculate Conception, through the Holy Spirit, she was pregnant with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And she said, well, I never knew a man. That's a miracle. That is extraordinary. That's the level 
that we need to have in our minds. Okay, that is a renewed mind. Okay, the Bible says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. A renewed mind is thinking on that level. Like, I can't go through my day, I can't go through my life until I experience that level of extraordinary. And I'm preaching to myself, because I know there's a lot of us in here that have things that we've been standing on and believing for for a long time, and we haven't seen it come to pass. But are you still holding on to that word? Are you still holding on to that promise? Because if you are, then you are getting very close to having that extraordinary mind, that renewed mind only God can do. Only you can do through the power of the Holy Spirit by reading and ingesting and meditating on his word, by spending time with him in prayer, by being with him, by being constantly in communication with him because you leave the radar up and running. We need to have that renewed mind. So Matthew chapter 6, if you would turn there. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is well into his Sermon on the Mount by the time we get to this passage. He is preaching to thousands on this hillside. And if you can imagine a pleasant day on a hillside looking over the Sea of Galilee, how beautiful that must have been. A breeze going, and you're sitting on grass that's soft, not touched by man. And standing above you is the Son of God. And he's delivering these words I'm about to read to you. And it's said that that same hillside is probably the same hillside where Jesus went to be alone with the Father. It's the same place where he sat after feeding thousands miraculously and was there at, at night and could see his disciples struggling to get across the Sea of Galilee before he walked on water. This is probably the place where he sat. This is the place where he received the extraordinary mind, the thoughts of God the Father, directly. And now here he is, the place where he received those thoughts. He is here now giving those thoughts out to the people that will listen. Church, are you listening today? Are you? Because he wants us to hear this. Beginning in verse 25, this is what he says. So after he's preaching Everything from things like the meek shall inherit the earth. Things like treat others as you want to be treated. Things like when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. These are things that that are in this day and age mind-blowing. They can only come from God himself. So he says this, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. 
Why, in this day and age, are we anxious about our life? Why? Are you going through something difficult right now and it just keeps on going and going just like this pandemic? Maybe, maybe that's the thorn like in Paul's side. Maybe that's something that, believe it or not, God has allowed. It's, it's, it's almost like a blessing. Not that he gave it to you, but it's there to teach you how to remain at peace with him while you are suffering. And eventually, it's going to work out in you to where whatever it is that's afflicting you, whatever it is, it is that's causing anxiety in your, in your life, that anxiousness that you feel whenever that thought comes to your mind or whenever you feel that pain or whatever you see the news that we worship so much in this country for some reason, it drives that anxiety. What he's saying here is, if you're feeling that, that's not me. Because greater is me that's in you than he that is in this world. So this thing about being anxious about your life Jesus is like, that is this level of thinking. Man, you guys are going to reach for this when you use the restroom or when you go to the grocery store. You're never going to forget this message. (laughs) And that's good. So what is it about the life that we get anxious about? So 21st century America, join biblical times Israelites. (laughs) They they actually had the same fears and worries and anxieties as we do today, just, just a different time. They worry about what they will eat. How many of you go to a restaurant, have an awesome entree in front of you, and you snap a picture and put it on Instagram? Do we not worry about what we're going to eat? Is there going to be enough food, right? What we're going to drink or about our bodies? I know there's people in here that are making or have made some New Year's resolutions, they've got to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds, whatever it is. We're worried about our bodies. Or if there's something health-related that's going on, we're worried about our bodies. Or what you will put on. Hello, clothes. Yeah, I see hands over here waving. Yeah, what am I going to wear? Man, I tell you what, I spend a lot of time, and I have to, I have to bring my partner in life, Lisa, my wife, alongside with me into the closet. Hey, honey, what is it you think I need to wear? Because I'm really stressing out about what I'm going to wear on Sunday when I'm up here. I dressed myself this morning, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I did a good job yet. She, she, she waits to criticize me after all this is over, so I don't have to think about it. I'll just think about it later. <laughs> what blew my mind was this phrase, is not life more than, can we just stop there? Those words should change your life. Is not life more than. So Jesus is referring to something here. It's not the things that we're anxious about. It's not about our food. It's not about our clothes. Not about our bodies. Not about the natural things. No, it's the more than. That's what this year, 2022, is about and beyond. God wants us to get beyond the natural things and focus on the more than. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
Continue on in verse 26. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Can I just stop there for a minute? Man, I love birds. Birds are beautiful. I think they're the most amazing creations God has made. And my most favorite bird is the little hummingbird. There are so many different variations of them. I got a book for Christmas from my sister-in-law who's watching from Houston online. She sent me this awesome book. There are hundreds of species of hummingbird. They are so beautiful and they're so little. But what God is saying is you are more valuable than they are. See, Jesus, what he's saying here is, is that these birds, God feeds them. And because we're in Christ, if those, those of us here that are in Christ, his children, even those of us that are not in Christ, he still created all of us. We're more valuable than they are. So why do we go down to the level of bird thinking? Why do we put ourselves at a level of worrying about our needs and worrying about our life? Because essentially what we're saying is, no, Lord, no, you bought and paid, not for me. Okay, you bought and paid for a bird. We are more valuable than a bird. We need to think more like we're actually princes and princesses. We're sons and daughters of the king. This, this, is, this is not about us being at the level of a bird. This is about us thinking and being at the level of Jesus himself. Because when God sees us, he doesn't see sinners. If you're in Christ, he sees his son. That's the level that we're at. So why do we think like a bird? So he says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? See, when we think at that level, when we're only concerned about our own life and we're only concerned about our own physical, natural needs like food and clothes, then we are anxious and we are killing ourselves. We're not adding to our life. We're taking away from it. We're not adding to our peace, our value, or adding to our ability to be used by God. No, we're taking away from it. So he's saying, stop being anxious because you're not adding anything to your life. You're actually taking away from it. Verse 28. So he continues on this anxious theme. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What God has for us this year requires big faith. And that is my topic for next week. Big faith. No more worried about what's on the shelves at the grocery store. That's little faith. When he uses that term, O ye of little faith, it's not the absence of faith per se, it's very little. 
That's not the level of faith that he wants us at as believers. We need to have great faith. Because guess what? The clothes that we wear mean nothing. What means everything is that we are clothed in a robe of righteousness because of what Jesus bought and paid for. That's the only thing that should matter. In biblical times and even now, what we wear shows our status. That's why people were worried about it. That's why we get all dressed up, right? We want people to think that we're valuable. We want people to see with their own eyes and the natural that somehow we've attained some level of social status. Man, listen, I used to sell Botox cosmetic for a number of years. I launched that product. Now, I'm not saying it's bad that you use it, okay? I'm not trying to say this, but so take this with a grain of salt, if you will. But the way that that product took off, I mean, I had doctors looking at us and saying, I'm not a salesman, I went to medical school. How do we, how do we contain these sales? I mean, what, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to, to keep this business going? I mean, they were freaking out more about that than they were about treating dermatology disorder. And so I, it's amazing to me. That is a symptom of where we're at in society. We are so concerned about what we look like. We're so concerned about whether or not we're seen. Where all that matters is, as a believer, we know that we are dressed in a robe of righteousness because of Jesus. And that the only status that I care about, the only thing that matters to me, is the fact that I have my name written in heaven. That I am, because of Jesus, a son or daughter of God. That was meant for somebody today in here. Verse 31. He continues, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You all were chosen if you're in Christ. You were bought and paid for if you're in Christ. You have plans to prosper, not to be harmed, a future and a hope if you are in Christ. So if we start to worry and start to have small-minded expectations and worry about the things that we need, then all of a sudden we put ourselves at the level of Gentiles. In this case, what Jesus is referring to is unbelievers. We put ourselves at a level that is not where God wants us to be. Because what he's saying here essentially is that the Bible does say that he sends the rain to the just and the unjust. So what, what does that mean? That means that all of us in here, all of us out there, somehow, some way, God is going to provide for our needs. We're going to have food. We're going to have something to wear. It, it's, it's done. So we've got to get our minds out of this level and into the next level. So this is what he says in verse 33, moving on. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things. 
So if you go back to the beginning of what he said about how life is more than, then all of these things also means the more than. The more than the food, the more than the clothes, the more than our own life. It's the more than that's also included. So in order to receive those things, in order to see the extraordinary things, here's the big takeaway if you're taking notes, if I could speak this morning. The big takeaway is this. In order for us to see extraordinary things, we need to have an extraordinary mindset. As simple as that. Extraordinary mindset. All these things will be added. All of them. So what does that mean? That means that that we need to hold God to his word. So I've talked about in the last couple of weeks, i talked about how we need to believe in his word. We need to know his word. And our prayers go from, Father, will you please do this? Will you please do that? What I, what I want them to go to is to the next level is, God, I know your word says this, and I'm not going to let go of it till I see it come to pass. If there's people in here that have let go of what it is that they've been believing for, what God has promised them, what you've seen in his word and you've applied to your own life, then what God is directing you to do is to go back to it and not let go of it. Don't let go of it. We need to hold him at his word. Exodus chapter 32. This right here is an example. This is an example of the extraordinary mindset. Moses exemplifies it. This is what immediately came to me when I started thinking about this because think about it. That's kind of a controversial statement. Pastor Jeff, so you're telling me that I need to look at God and say, your word says this and I'm holding you to it? Yeah. Does that mean that that we're reminding God of his word? No, he knows it better than anybody else because he is the word, right? Jesus is the word in the flesh from the beginning forevermore. Heaven and earth will never pass away. Or heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. His word is true. We're supposed to hold on to it. He knows it already. But look what Moses does. And so picture this scene for a minute, if you will. Moses just spends some time up on the, on the mountaintop uh, with God and receiving the law. And he comes back from the presence directly with God comes back and what he sees causes him to drop the tablets. His people, God's people, who he just delivered out of Egypt from bondage, nearly 400 years plus of bondage, delivers them out of it and they're worshiping a golden calf. So, here I am leading these people out, and my heart probably just sinks at this time, doesn't it? This is what happens. The Lord said to Moses, go down for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, 
These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. I think that phrase is somewhat comical. (laughs) That is just, that is us. Aren't we stiff-necked? We're stubborn. We're no better than these people. And on a side note, I often would read these passages in Exodus and wonder, how on earth could these people rebel against God after all they have seen? They saw the extraordinary things. They saw only what God could do. Man can't part the Red Sea. Sorry to say. Man can't make bread fall from heaven and quail. Yet, they're still a stiff-necked people, and they're worshiping a golden calf. So how easy is it for us, thousands of years later, to get into this level of thinking, of being stiff-necked? God says this, Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them in order that I may not that I may make a great nation of you. So here's Moses, right here. Moses, right here, is about to show you what the extraordinary mind is. Moses implored the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the mountains... Well, I'm sorry, why should the Egyptians say with evil intent, did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the faces of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have promised, I will give to your offspring, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. That's the extraordinary mindset. That's holding God to his word. Not that he needed to be reminded of the promise. This promise was made when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush back in Exodus chapter 3. Moses remembered it, held on to it, and then when the time came to throw it down on the table and say, Lord, your word says this, I hold you to it, God relented, did not destroy the children of Israel. That right there requires a level of relationship that we need to become familiar with as believers. I mean, I I cannot emphasize it enough If we're going to have an extraordinary year as the church, not home church, but as the church, if people that come in here to experience Jesus and receive him for the first time and begin to walk with him are going to have this level of expectation, this mindset, if we can do that, then we will see extraordinary things. And I believe this word is timely because We're in this season where things are starting to ramp back up again with this pandemic. And we're caught in this trap of, do I believe more in what I'm seeing with my natural eyes? 
or am I going to take God at his word and hold him to it? When I see somebody come in here in a wheelchair, am I going to see with my natural eyes, oh, that's too bad for that, that gentleman or that person, they're in a wheelchair. Or am I going to see through the eyes of faith and hold God at his word where Jesus said, if I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That by his stripes, they were healed. And pray and believe until I see the results. May take months, may take years. I don't know. Or what I'm believing for, immediate. We're going to start seeing the immediate happen. We're going to start seeing what I'm going to talk about next week. Where somebody who's paralyzed gets up off that mat and walks away like nothing happened. Why is that not happening now? I'm going to tell you why. Because we don't have the extraordinary mind. Because we're not holding God to his word. And Moses did. And God had every right to wipe him out. And he didn't. Because Moses remembered and held God to his word. This makes me very uncomfortable to say. But it's what's needed right now. Going back to Matthew 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your little faith, why is it they couldn't cast the demon out of the, out of the man that they were trying to cast the demon out of? It was because of their little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, so even if we had just a little bit of faith about the extraordinary things, the things that only God can do, then this is what's going to happen. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And what? Nothing Nothing will be impossible for you. Church, I'm ready for the nothing. I'm ready for the impossible to happen. I'm, I'm tired of just having church. Man, I want to see more smiling faces come in here. I want to see more smiling faces of us, the church. And what I want to see are the frowns of those that are not yet believers coming in here. And then they're leaving changed because Jesus encountered them. They encountered Jesus and they were changed forever. I want to see ourselves expect more than just coming in here, having good worship, hearing a good word, experiencing good prayers, maybe get a word from God, and then I leave satisfied. I'm not satisfied with that, are you? So, extraordinary things. That's the word for this year. That's what we're going to have. And that's what I believe we can have if we would just come together and agree that we need to be more heavenly minded and not earthly minded. In Jesus' name. So, are we going to have this mindset or the Bible's mindset? These are not stories that are in the Word of God. These are actual historical events. These are things that happen so that we can take from it and continue to believe and stand on it for the here and now. Jesus ain't coming back yet. He's not here yet. So this still applies. And it will apply even then. But we've got to keep holding on to what he said, what he promised, keep reminding God what he said, what he promised, and don't quit. Because it's coming. And it's coming now, and this is the year where we're going to see 
extraordinary things.